0: i Hello, this is Mike Levin, and this is Swapcast. It's January 29th, I believe. Yeah, it's January 29th, Monday, and our guest today is Tim Westergren, of Pandora. Hi, Tim. Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, thanks.
0: Now, where are you located now?
1: Uh, We're in Oakland, California.
0: Oakland, California. Okay, so it's the first, uh, it's daybreak over there. It's it's 11 o'clock here, and I guess it's 8 o'clock on your end of the world. Indeed. Well, we met some time ago. Uh, You came to Orlando for a, a town hall meeting, I guess that's what you called it, at a coffee shop in far west Orlando to talk to uh, the community about your product Pandora and uh, that's where we met so I guess I guess the best way to start out is is uh, to have you describe Pandora uh, from you know 20,000 feet and let us let, let the audience know what it is.
1: Sure well I guess the simplest way to describe it is it's an online radio that allows you to very easily create a station that plays just music you like and it does that by relying on something called the Music Genome Project, which right. is um, an enormous collection of songs that, uh, that ha- have each been musicologically analyzed by a trained musician along hundreds of musical attributes, kind of like musical DNA. Right. And and Pandora allows you with just by just typing in a song or an artist to sort of instantly create a station of songs that are musically related. By relying on the music genome project, and it's a free service.
0: Okay. Well, when I first heard about it, um, I you know I was intrigued, but I was uh, even though I'm a I'm a technical guy and a you know a developer, um, I I was a little bit apprehensive. My friend uh, Jim Moore told me about it, and I thought, gee, you know, how does this work? So I went to Pandora.com, and basically the way you do it is. You create an account for yourself, and then it says, "Let's create a radio station for you." Tell us a little bit about what kind of music you like. Now, that's the part that I didn't really understand until I actually saw the interface on the web.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to really explain until you try it. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then it was so simple because you know, I uh, the first the first artist that came to mind for me was Stephen Stills. So I, I typed in Stephen Stills, and um, I created my Stephen Stills station. And it said, well, now what we're going to do is start playing music like Stephen Stills. Right. And then beneath it, it said, click here to explain why we're not, we're not going to play Stephen Stills. Which I didn't, I didn't do that right away because I thought, hmm, I don't understand that. But it's, it started playing music, and the music was similar to Stephen Stills' music. Mm -hmm. And after each song was played, I was prompted to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down uh, as to whether or not I like like the song. Mm -hmm. And I guess the idea is to accumulate those preferences, and uh, that's part of those 400 genomes that you were talking about, those 400 music attributes.
1: Right. And we're 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 kind of trying to replicate, in a way, the uh, interaction you might have with the owner of your favorite local indie record store. Okay. Uh, so, you know, somebody who, who runs a store who um, who's, knows you very very well and has an encyclopedic knowledge of music. And, and as they sort of hear what you like and don't like, as time goes by, they get better and better at picking music for you. And they're doing that based on what it sounds like.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that, that really works well. You know after I'd, after I created Steven Still's uh, my Steven Stills station and I gave a few things a thumbs up and a thumbs down. you know I wound up with lots of music streaming to my computer, which I play over my intercom in the house that sound like Steven Stills, you know all kinds of music from that era, that genre. Mm-hmm. Then I made a Leo Kottke, uh radio station that you know Leo Kotke plays uh, guitar, so it's mostly instrumental guitar. and that turned out great. Um, so I wound up with a, a Stephen Still station, a Leo Kotke station, and then I made a Paco de Lucia station, which is Spanish sort of uh, flamenco guitar music. And, and I had a party that night uh, with some Latin American friends, and thanks to Pandora, we had Latin American uh, guitar music all night long. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so it worked great. But my question, I guess, you know, from a technical standpoint, which is where we like to kind of go with this, um, is how did you get started? I mean, what was the, I, I, I can guess what your initial idea was as far as Pandora is concerned, but when you started actually writing the software, where did you start? How did you do that?
1: Well, I never wrote any software myself. I'm not computer literate. Uh, okay. I, I Fortunately, one of my co-founders was a very savvy computer programmer, so a lot of help in that regard. But okay. the, um, the, the sort of original uh, creation of this was in lots of ways very unscientific. We, okay. we sat down um, and started talking about this concept, which was you know, really based on my own experiences of being a musician, and, and in particular being a film composer, uh-huh. where my job was to actually understand some of the music taste and namely a director's and to translate that into a new composition. So the the, the basic idea was, okay, somebody says they like the, these songs, and you understand it in some musical fashion such that you can write something new. How can you kind of define that, um, that understanding? And came up with this idea of, of listing sort of musical attributes uh, and, and, and trying to create an exhaustive list so that, no matter what the input, you know, no matter what song or artist someone liked, we could be reasonably intelligent about you know, connecting that to something musicological. And then the, the next step was to, to say, OK, you've created this enormous list, you know, which you might call sort of musical primary colors in a way. And now you want to figure out how you literally uh, can connect and come up with a new recommendation Based on this sort of taxonomy of a particular song. And that's where kind of the math and the computer science um, began. It was definitely a marriage of sort of music and computers. Um, and we just had, you know, many, many nights of just sitting there um, thinking through the sort of conceptually how it might work. And and eventually, kind of came to this idea of songs being like stars in the universe, mm. and, and and you know they're they you know the, the universe is three dimensional, maybe it's more than that, we don't understand it, but mm-hmm. um, you, you kind of think of stars as being close and far to far apart, and, and and we thought of okay, maybe these this taxonomy is like placing a song only in a four hundred dimensional universe, mm. and then having to calculate proximity. Um, So it became a big, kind of a big whopping Pythagorean uh, equation that connected the the sort of scores on these uh, individual attributes for one song with the scores on another. I see.
0: Okay. Well, you know, from a from a software developer standpoint, you could approach this uh, from the very simplest standpoint and you know you could categorize a song like a, a treetop flyer by Steven Stills. you could say, well okay, that's a male vocalist he's uh, in the rock and roll genre uh, it includes a guitar, a bass, a drum and uh, um, uh, you know and, and you get those those attributes and, and then when somebody enters a song that they like another song they like, like, say, uh, uh, Alcatraz by Leon Russell. You would also say, well, Alcatraz is rock and roll. Leon Russell is a, is a male vocalist. He has a band. And, and you'd, you'd see the similarities there. But I'm, I'm wondering how, with 400 attributes like that, uh, do you know if you use a rules engine, like J-Rules or, or, or something like that?
1: I've never heard that word mentioned, um, but you're you know you're 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 basically in the right on the right path. It's something like that, only just a lot more complicated. So, okay. um, what we avoid doing is is what you know, the you, lack of a better word, you might call sort of bucketing songs. So mm, mm-hmm. this isn't about saying this is an acoustic rock song, um, and it has these six instruments, um, and it was in 1973. Okay. And now we find other songs that fit in those six buckets. It's, it's not like that. That's kind of matching songs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what we actually do is take these hundreds of attributes, and they're all scored by musicians on a sort of linear measurement. And rather than have um, buckets, every song gets scored along every dimension. So it creates kind of this big continuum. Um, and uh, you know, the voice, for example, we describe every voice along over 30 attributes just for the voice. Okay. And so, um, Stephen Still's voice has a certain profile if you look at all of these attributes. And we know how far away he is from, you know, Barbara Streisand and Beyonce and Cat Stevens and Pavarotti. Mm-hmm. They're all scored along the same dimension but they have pretty s- different scores.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's really more like it, it's a seamless 400-dimensional universe. It's not like there's different buckets we're putting people in. They're all connected, just some are further away than others.
0: Interesting. So you came up with this concept, and you had a partner who was a software developer, and you two uh, collaborated and launched Pandora.com. Um, and I guess, coincidentally, you had to have a, a, a big uh, collection of music.
1: Yeah, we actually didn't launch Pandora.com. Pandora is, is something we came to later. Ah. The, com- the company used to be called Savage Beast Technologies.
0: OK, good name. And
1: um, the Music Genome Project, which was sort of the original idea, our intent in the beginning was to pursue a very different product and business. Um, hmm. So we actually uh, set out in the beginning to license it to other companies as a recommendation tool. Okay. So we actually provided it to folks like AOL and Best Buy and Tower Records and and, and various retailers and portals who were looking for ways to help their own customers find music. Okay. And we pursued that for about four years, you know, through the whole .dot com collapse. And it wasn't until 2004 that we actually looked at what we had and said, hey, man, this would be a great engine to drive a personalized radio service. Good idea. And, and launched off in that direction.
0: Yeah, okay. So once you did that, now that's an interesting uh, uh, entrepreneurial story. Once you did that and and took a another direction, I guess you personally set out to introduce it to communities and became an, a, your, your own evangelist.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've... When launched Pandora, so we've been working on the Music Genome since 2000, over seven years, even we've been at it now, analyzing those songs one at a time, and that very painful deliverable work continues, and we have 45 musicians doing it. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, 04 we decided to, to build the service, and it launched a little over a year ago. Right. So this last year, like you said, it's been a real, uh, you know, year of spreading the word. Um and one of the ways um, I've wound up doing that is is literally traveling all over the country.
0: That must be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's a blast. Yeah, it's, it's a very it's a great experience.
0: Yeah, well, it's been it's been a welcome addition to my uh, computer uh, uh, favorites, and I find myself uh, you know tuning into my Pandora favorite my Pandora stations, and 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 also sending those stations to other folks uh, right. to, to let them hear. You know how my my Stephen Stills radio station has evolved.
2: Oh, great, that's great. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah,
1: it's spread entirely by word of mouth. You know, entirely.
0: So I I remember one big question that came up in that town hall meeting uh, here in Orlando was what's your business model? How do you make money from this?
1: Sure. Um, well, it's an advertising-supported service. So when you go to Pandora, unless you're a paid subscriber, what you have the option to do, it's three dollars a month to to use Pandora without advertising. When you go to the website, you'll see visual ads on the page. Um, And our business essentially rests on our ability to create enough of those impressions and sell them at a high enough rate to pay for the service. Uh, And it's going quite well in that regard, actually.
0: And these these 45 um, uh, musicians, that help rate the engine are th- are those volunteers or, or how how do you uh, manage them?
1: Well, there actually were a couple of years when we were all volunteers.
2: <laughs>
1: we had no money, but no, they're all paid. They're they're and they're typically you know they're very well trained musicians. So it's uh, the, the typical profile is uh, you know a four year degree in music theory and, and you know, playing in at least one band and, and you know often teaching. Um, and very active musician in you know, crossing all musical genres, um, and this is their day job. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a job I'd have happily taken back when I was in rock, <laughs> rock and believe me. So tell and
0: tell us about that. You were in a rock band. What what kind of uh, what instrument did you play, and what did you do?
1: Well, I was a keyboard player. I, I, I'm a jazz trained piano player. Um, and I had sort of the typical, you know, indie rock musician life for a long time, trying to, to, you know, make records and get discovered, and and do that whole dance. Um, and that's really, you know, for me, one of the biggest motivations for founding the company was to uh, find a way for those artists to get heard. Um, cool. and, and to create a service that would sort of um, surface. Some of this just fabulous indie music that, for the most part, comes and goes in obscurity.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's really that's really cool. Well, one of um, one of our uh, real loves here at Swampcast is is Web 2.0, and the way um, Web 2.0 is defined really is um, it's it's like a an outgrowth of the original Web uh, that involves a lot of social networking and. Um, Websites that grow over time, and and this, although, and this website is is a real good example of a Web 2.0 website because as you use it, it grows and it and and you can share aspects of this website with your friends, and uh, and it becomes a, a community thing.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Um, I wouldn't say that that my um, vision for this was was ever really WebTube is what has become web 2.0 this idea sort of um, uh, social networking and so on but you know as i think about how, what's how you know the implementation the sort of the final landing p- p- place for us with this radio product one way to look at what we've done is we've um, we've spent an enormous amount of time d- doing the opposite of Web 2.0, which is you know a group of experts in our offices analyzing music along you know deter- you know a preset collection of attributes and trained to all do it the same way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is very un Web 2.0 mm-hmm. and 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 create this enormous sort of c- uh, collection, this curated collection, and and yet all of that work, what it ends up doing is it allows someone to completely take hold of the listening experience for themselves. So kind of ironically, it's an expert system whose eventual sort of implementation is, one, is totally user controlled. You know, it's, 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 in some ways, it's a very passive service. You know, it, it makes this wealth of knowledge available, hopefully in a simple interface, for someone to kind of say, okay, I'll grab the controls now. You know, I'm going to turn this radio into just what I want it to be. Interesting. I, don't yeah. know, I wouldn't say that was at all our paradigm when we did this, you know.
0: Well, when you first started um, Pandora, uh, can you tell us anything about what the, uh, the, the, the system and software architecture was at that point, or were you connected with that yourself?
1: About the most I can say is it was designed to be vertically and horizontally scalable. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> did, that, did that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, it's um, you know, I, I it's I really don't I'm not very facile with the actual technology itself. Um, uh, we 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 worked in various sort of open source um, platforms for a while. It's all Pandora itself is on Lazlo That's mm-hmm. the end for mm-hmm. it, um, and it runs in a browser, so there's no software you need to download. And 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 our you know the guidelines for Pandora were to make it easy, easy, easy. You know so. No software download, no nothing to install, mm-hmm. um, uh, and but the, the, you know the original sort of math was all done by Will, this little uh, laser who was one of my co-founders, and, and, and he wrote all the code that that, that actually turned these four hundred attribute scores into a matching engine. Um, so it was all sort of in house.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and um, has has the uh, has it changed over time, or did you you know? You said scalable. Um, have you had to make any changes to scale the uh, the site?
1: I know they've, they've um, bounced around a couple of different database architectures. Okay. I'm not sure what we're using now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the nice thing about this is it's all designed to scale so that as we add more users, we just add more hardware. Okay so it's, so it actually um, it is scalable that way. Okay. Um,
0: and where do, you, uh, where do you plan to take it? What are some of the next steps?
1: Well, we're obviously focused on growing and trying to get as many listeners as we can. Um, and I think there's co- you know, a couple different ways to think about the future. Well, one is, is in terms of sort of our ideals for the company, we want to you know, create a musician's middle class. Mm-hmm. We, we want to build a service that, that becomes a gateway for you know, all those musicians like I used to be that have no other means of promotion. And, and sort of in a very even handed way, um, introducing what will hopefully be an enormous audience of people to a much deeper and broader collection of music. Um, and so I hope that is something that we achieve. And, and of course, if we do that, what we're also doing is making a lot of music listeners happy. <laughs> and, and that is you know, very rewarding for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've noticed that. I mean, as I listen to my Leo Kotke radio station, I hear Leo Kaki from time to time, and uh, and then I hear some artists that I'd never heard of, and um, and I think Pandora gives you the option to purchase that music if you'd like, um, and and make notes about it. Now, what's the what's the explanation? I I never did quite get straight on this. Why, when you sign up for something like uh, Leo Kotke Radio? Do not initially hear Leo Kaki music.
1: Well, you will hear him, um, but we're limited in how often you can hear him. So okay. you can only hear a maximum of four songs by a, uh, one artist in a three-hour period. Um, say,
0: say that again. You chopped up a little bit.
1: So you can only you can only hear a maximum of four songs by a single artist within a three-hour period. Okay. So you'll hear him sprinkled in there, but not that often and also not predictably so we're not able to play him at the same spot or always in the beginning interesting well, so that's all part of the constraints imposed by the the Digital Millennium Copyright Act which is the licensing structure that we operate under
0: the DMCA exactly yeah so how do you feel about that are you are, are you happy with uh, the uh, the act itself or do you find it uh, constraining
1: Well. It's hugely convenient in that you can sign one license and have the right to, do, to play a huge range of music. And mm-hmm. That, in, in and of itself, is an enormous advantage. Um, over, let's say, you know, uh, Europe or other parts of the globe, where there's no statutory or uh, compulsory license like that, and you have to get individual agreements with every record label. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's very difficult you know on a small company.
0: Uh-huh. Now, what have you found as you as you uh, went across the country and you met various communities? Uh, you know, you came to Orlando and you met folks here in the swamp and got some feedback mm-hmm. on on Pandora. How are people accepting uh, accepting Pandora and listening to music on the web? Maybe a, a lower bit rate of uh, fidelity than they than they might be used to. Um, those sorts of things.
1: Well, it's been the, the feedback at those town halls has been extraordinary. Uh, the, you know, to some extent, where you know the people who come are the ones who tend to like it, that's <laughs> why they're there. Um, but I'm struck by the diversity of people that show up, you know, in age and in background, and mm-hmm. the sort of but the, the 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 universality of their affection for music. And, mm-hmm. and I think what the, the, if I was to try and kind of um, uh, synopsize what I'm hearing from folks what, what the sort of overwhelming uh, feedback I get. It's, it's the sense that people have that Pandora is reconnecting them to music, and, and, I, and I think most people, and I'm no exception, even though I'm in the business. You know, as they get older, they get, it's a harder and harder to stay connected. The, you know, radio, broadcast radio, doesn't usually do it for you, and, and you're not in a dorm room anymore where your friends are playing CDs all day long, and you're working, you're busy. Uh, you don't have two hours to go hang out in a record store, and so um, it's not that you lose your love for music; that that never ends. But you know, you 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 lose your ability to connect with it, and that is you know, as when people rediscover that they go crazy. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. It's like the fountain of youth. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's been a lot of fun for me, and you know, I think you've probably noticed that the musicians that I've mentioned have been musicians, uh, you know, Leon Russell, Leo Kottke, uh, Stephen Stills. Those are musicians that were popular um, back in the '70s and '80s, and they're still popular, but their sure. their heyday was back then. And I can really identify with what you said because I love music personally, right. but uh, I haven't, you know, got the the time that I used to have to go uh, listen to the the music. In the you know, the current day,
1: sure. And and there and there's some they have their contemporaries, you know. But you would never know about them because those guys don't get played on the radio. Right. And so it's a great way to to find those. You know, Michael. Um, I have to jump on this call. Um, can can do you want to you want to pick this back up?
0: Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds I'm sorry great. to I'm sorry
1: to do this. Um, let's see.
0: Uh, so what we should do, I think, is when we pick it up, uh, it might be fun if we had Will um, Will Blazer uh, join us and I'm talk. I'm happy s- to grab him. Yeah, uh, if we could do that, and we can talk a little bit about the the technical, the more technical aspects. Now,
1: Will is actually has not been with the company for quite a while. Okay. Um, and the the if you're the sort of most current sort of technical operating officer is a guy named Tom Conrad. He's our CTO, and he's the guy who really oversaw the whole building of Pandora. Okay. He um, he probably be the most. I, I'm guessing would be that he, he understands obviously all the underlying technology, but I, I think he's probably the best person for for that part of the discussion.
0: Okay. Well, why don't we work that out? Offline, and we'll call this uh, our first encounter. Uh, we've, 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 we've practically hit 30 minutes here. Well, thank you very, very much for all That's your information, favorite. and we'll pick it up again. Uh, this has been Tim Westergren of uh, Pandora.com and Mike Levin of Swampcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, send me uh, an email uh, or comment on the blog. We're at www.swampcast.com. And my email address is mike at swampcast.com. Thank you very much and we'll we'll be back soon.
2: All right. Thanks, Michael.